It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Armor Report, everybody. It's a Saturday. Thanks for being here with me. I'm your host, Brett Rosenthal, and this is a show about quantum mental investing. It's the combination of quantitative analysis, which is execution using algorithms, and a fundamental foundation of research. Put those two pieces together, and you got an information edge that I try to share with you guys every time I come on this channel. Thank you for joining me. Um, we have a lot to unpack. This is the weekend review. It's a Saturday. Let's go over the list of what we want to talk about today. We're going to discuss the huge week we had in precious metals. Let's sit back and enjoy it a bit and then talk about what we think is going to happen next week and how to handle the success. I want to go over the top four issues that we continue to wait for on our trading desk to get us to change from cautious, defensive type of action to aggressive buying action, okay? We're going to address COVID-19, briefly discuss an issue about Gilead just popped up. We're going to talk about cannabis. So let's hop on the cannabis couch. Is now the time to dip our toe in the water and where are we going to go? Okay? So... We're going to try to attack all those issues, and of course, at the end, we'll have a Q&A. So please feel free to load up the question bar, okay, with some messages. And at the end, I'll get to the messages, and we'll, we'll go over it as usual. All right. A um, couple of ground rules, right? Number one, all this information that I'm sharing with you, I use my own personal account to manage my own assets and for individuals I manage money for through our interactive brokers relationship, okay? Um, this information in more in-depth is, is added to our um, armor.com uh, offering for subscribers. So you can subscribe right down below. It says right there, armorreport.com, A-R-M-R report.com. And Armor Insiders get this information in a lot more detail. Right? You can see what stocks we own, when we buy them, what the stop losses are, when we're selling them, and a whole host of other information, including one-on-one -on -one access to me. You can call me whenever you want as an insider. And, of course, we launched our new Slack chat this month. So all Armor Insiders follow along 
throughout the day. You could see what stocks were adding or subtracting during the day. If you happen to be a day trader, you can follow what I'm doing from a day trading standpoint. And of course, building a community where you all talk amongst each other and share information. It's been very helpful for me, guys. A lot of great work you've been doing the last couple of weeks when you're adding some fundamental thoughts about companies or information that's coming out. It's making us um, really, I think it's adding edge to all of us. And so I appreciate that. Okay. Um, I'm not telling you what to do, right? This is talking to the YouTube nation guys. I don't know who you are. I can't possibly give you advice one-on-one unless you're an insider and you call me. But for this conversation, I'm just sharing what it is I'm doing personally and for clients. I'm sharing my successes, my failures. I'm hoping to put you on my shoulder so you can reach higher and be more successful. That's the point of the show. All right, let's jump into it. Um, I think we're going to bookend this conversation with precious metals. We're going to have to. I'm not going to delve deep into it yet, but I think we all need to take a step back, put a big smile on our face. Please forgive me. All right, give me this moment, if you will. Okay? Um, It was a beautiful week last week. We made a fortune in metal stocks, both the metal itself and the mining companies we've been buying. Hopefully, Armor Insiders, you're making a fortune with me. So we're all having a lot of fun right now. And what I want to say is sit back, relax, and enjoy it a little bit. Okay? If you can't enjoy success, what's the point of what you're doing? It'll just be Ajita the whole time. Okay, we're trying to protect capital and increase our net worth. We protected capital on the 24th of February. By now, you all know that infamous day. The Armor Risk Monitor told us red. It told us raise cash everywhere. It said be defensive. Our Armor Index-only portfolio went to 100% cash that, that day, right? It's an, in, it's an algorithm, so it just went to 100% cash. And by the end of the week, we were out of all of those positions for our managed accounts, right? Our portfolios that are aggressive, balanced, and conservative by the end of the week. Since we'd raised, stopped, and books profits, we were out. That was the first week of the crash. So we protected principal. And this week is an example, and really the last week, the last two weeks, of how you increase net worth with valuable information combined with executions using quantitative algorithms and systems. Let's just take a look for a second. Enjoy this with me. That is a chart of Newmont Mining, and it doesn't get any better than that. You can print this chart out and put it on your wall above your your trading desk so you always remember this type of an entry. We literally added the stock right there, as you can see with the green arrow, on the 200-day moving average. Now, this was a very difficult buy. The market was imploding. You could see the stock a couple days previous was a lot lower, so it could make you feel nauseous buying the stock. But what we're doing here, what we like to do, one of our, one of our favorite things to do on the Armour Report and on this trading desk is to find companies we love, put them on our whiteboard. Newmont Mining was always the top mining company on the list. Those of you who follow me know I've been saying that for a while. It's the institutional favorite, we said. So when it sets up the right 
trigger entry on the 200-day moving average, you commit capital, no matter how uncomfortable it feels, no matter how bad the market feels. You take your shot. And that is an example of what happens when you take your shot successfully. You get a wicked run-up. Now, when I say an institutional favorite, what does that mean? What I was saying a few weeks ago when I told you guys this is on our whiteboard, this is the institutional favorite, it meant that when you're managing your own capital, you want to put capital to work as close to, right in front of, institutional buying. My buying and your buying doesn't put a stock up dramatically. What puts it up dramatically over time are when institutions begin buying the asset. I mean like pension funds and endowment funds, billions of dollars. We want to be in that stock as close to the beginning of that wave of capital. Newmont's an example of that happening. As you can see, had a huge run-up yesterday. Why? Because J.P. Morgan announced yesterday they were picking up coverage. They haven't even been covering the mining companies. Amazing. They're picking up coverage of Newmont Mining with a, you know, an overweight or whatever they want to call it. Okay, it's a buy signal, right? Telling you to buy the stock. That's just a culmination. Believe you me, institutions were already buying that stock before J.P. Morgan made that announcement. Okay? That's just one example. Now, I'm going to get to, I'm going to get to precious metals a little bit later in the show because I'm going to talk about what we think is going to happen going forward, how to manage success. Oh, by the way, subscribe if you want to subscribe to this channel or armorreport.com right here in the description. I put it for you. Give me a thumbs up if you enjoy this conversation. It helps me out on YouTube. Thanks for that. Okay. Um, let's just hit some other points before we get back to metals. Okay. There are four things that we're waiting for, for us to get aggressive and to say that this bear market is over and it's time to buy a lot of stocks. Okay. The first thing is the armor report has to tell us risk on across the board. Um, there are seven indexes we follow. Okay. What we're looking for there, and we use algorithms designed for the volatility of each index. And what we're looking for is for all indexes to give us a risk on buy signal within a 24 to 48 hour period. Okay. That's very hard to do in a market as volatile as this. So what we have been getting in the last couple of weeks is a couple of the indexes giving us a risk on buy signal, then they get stopped out, then a couple more give us risk on buy signals, inevitably they'll get stopped out, and we're waiting for, um, we're waiting for confluence. This is the number one signal for our conservative money. Those of you who are in the Slack room and are watching me trade and are seeing the stocks that we're adding during the day um, are wondering why am I getting aggressive and doing this type of action in individual stocks if the risk monitor says red. So let me try to explain that again. The risk monitor going from red to green is literally the green light for me to say this bear market's over and it's time for us to get aggressive putting capital to work. 
that doesn't mean that I won't put capital to work now, right? There's, there's a huge spread between the two ideas there. So I'm going to be active in my aggressive and in my balanced accounts and even my conservative accounts in individual stocks that I think can be successful even in the market we're in right now. So position size is key. I'm going to put out some feelers. I'm going to try some investments. I'm probably going to lose money on a, on a greater number of them than I would in a bull market where the, where the risk monitor is green. Does that make sense? So if you don't want to take losses, if you're not good at following stop disciplines, if you don't like how that feels, then you're not playing right now. Just step aside. One of my favorite um, money managers, a guy named Dan Niles. Maybe you've seen him on CNBC. I think he's really smart. And he's making a killing in this market, short and long. He just came out Friday and said he's adding his shorts again. Okay? He thinks that we're going to go into earnings season and it's going to be so disastrous. The conference calls are going to be so ugly that the market's going to go retest the March lows. Hey, man, he might be right. But what that means to me is you add him, you add, you add Gunlock. Some of these really smart guys are still negative, still bearish. And it makes sense to me, right? My risk monitor is still telling us stay in cash. So you have to look yourself in the mirror and say, who am I? Do I want to trade in a really volatile market? Or do, do I want to wait for the right entry that tells me we're we're, we're going back to some normalcy and I can start putting long-term investments in my portfolio and I don't have to worry about massive volatility. If you're waiting for that, then it's still risk off. And there's nothing wrong with that cash, guys. You have huge alpha. If you got out when we told you to, right? We were all getting out the first week of the crash. You're outperforming everybody. If you've been buying gold stocks when we told you to, you're really outperforming everybody. You should be up on the year. If you're managing your portfolio correctly, using the armor information edge I've been providing, you should already have a profit for the year right now, which means you're probably outperforming everybody you know over the last three years. Okay? So there's, there's no panic to put money to work. You're not going to miss anything. Ride your precious metals positions and hold cash. Nothing wrong with that. Okay? So I don't do that because I, I, um, I like to take some shots. I like to find some of my favorite investments. I don't mind putting some positions on and taking some small stop losses. It, it's okay for me. That's my personality. You've got to figure out what's right for you. So there's four things we're waiting for. One is the armor risk monitor to go green. Two is the bond market to stabilize. Let's get to that in a minute. Three, treatment for covid something that comes out that reduces the panic in the world. And I'm going to add a fourth one now. When does the economy reopen? Because that's going to have a major impact on equities. Right now, people think the economy is never going to reopen. Okay. So if there's news that the economy is reopening, I don't care if you agree or disagree with that. This isn't about, your opinion of Trump. I forget about all that stuff. Put that aside. This is about investing. If the economy starts to open in some fashion, starting in May, for instance, which will be a surprise to most people, 
that is going to be bullish for the stock market. Why? Because the whole reason the market's craters is that people think companies are going out of business because they can't put people to work. It's cratered because we've seen unemployment go through the roof and the fears that that implies. So any news, real news, that unwinds that fear, bullish for the stock market. <clears throat> okay? Um, I almost added this as number five, but just for the fun, I'm going to share this with you. I've built a day trading strategy just for the S&P. So I have a I have a account set up, and all it does is trade the S&P on a day trading level from an algorithmic standpoint. I don't touch it. It's just an algo that trades. And I have a fail safe that's written into the thousands of lines of code that stops it from trading if we've identified a market environment that's not normal, okay? So I just want this strategy to trade in the best part of the bell curve. I don't want it to trade on the tails, right? So obviously a market crash, it shuts off that algo and it just doesn't trade. And I've been waiting to see when will that algo start trading again because it would suggest to me we're, we're, we're getting back to a more normal market environment. And interestingly enough, it traded on Friday. And it's the first time it's traded since the, the week of the 24th of February. So I don't know what that means. I don't know. But I have to put it on the positive side right now. Okay. Um, let's talk about the Fed announcement real quick. The Fed said, we already know this, so this is about bonds, right? Number two on our list is bonds have to stabilize. The debt market has to stabilize. So we were watching LQD, and the Fed came out and said, we're going to be buying LQD. So that put a bottom in investment-grade corporate bonds. This week, the Fed came out and said, we're going to be buying junk bonds. Symbol HYG is the ETF. If you guys have read through the, the Fed announcement of what they're doing, they're leveraging, leveraging. 10 to 1 corporate investment grade bonds that they're buying. And they're leveraging three or, or anywhere between three and seven to one junk bonds that they're buying. <clears throat> they're not just buying all junk debt. What they're saying is companies that are falling into junk because of the COVID environment, they'll buy. So, for instance, as an example, Ford. Ford's debt turned into junk. They're going to buy Ford debt, try to support Ford. All this means to me is that number two on our list of things that have to happen before we get aggressive and start buying the market again is definitely happening. The Fed is, is buying all types of corporate bonds and supporting the bond market. So the question is, can, they, can the money that they're spending last long enough to support that part of the market um, before the economy reopens? And right now I'm going to go and bet with the Fed, right? I mean, fighting the Fed has been wrong for centuries, or <laughs> however long the Fed's been around, decades, I guess, is a better, better way to put it. So I'm going I'm to say number two on the list is taken care of. Okay, number three on the list, a treatment for COVID. Yesterday, story broke. Another piece to the puzzle. You all know I've been an owner of Gilead since the low 60s. 
G-I-L-D is the symbol. 59-person study showed efficacy with remdesivir. These were severely critically ill patients. 25% reduction, roughly, in deaths. That's a big number, guys. Um, and a whole bunch of other criteria that seem to improve um, um, the results for people who are critically injured. So what that means to me is they're doing studies right now for mild COVID patients, right? So if you're saving critically ill people, you can imagine the numbers are going to be positive for mild patients, right? If you're getting to those patients sooner before they end up in the hospital and you keep them out of the hospital, chances are the numbers are going to get better. Now, it was really strange to me. Jim Cramer came on TV, and I, I, mean, I love him or hate him. I think he's an intelligent guy, and I actually think he's fun, and so I watch him every now and then, and I, I, I think he's got some valuable information. But it was very strange. He came out um, on Thursday and absolutely trashed Gilead. I mean, literally looked at the camera and said, I don't think the product works. Forget about it. And then we find out the very next day that there's another study. Don't forget the Diamond Princess. Remdesivir uh, helped a lot of those people, right? So study after study after study is showing that remdesivir does have a positive effect on COVID patients. Now, what Jim might be referring to, and just maybe he's not really caught up on this idea. He's going in so many different places. Who knows? He's not right on everything. Is the announcement also came out with the, with the comment from Gilead that they have canceled one of their trials in China. Now, I don't know if you guys remember this, but we talked about this a couple weeks ago. The trial, there's two trials going on. One's in Japan, one's in China, in Wuhan. The one in Wuhan, they canceled. We knew that was a problem. They couldn't sign up. They canceled it because they said they could not enroll enough people. And you say, how's that possible? Tons of people sick. No, they couldn't enroll them because the Chinese aren't following basic rules of trials. They're combining so many treatments at once. You can't figure out which treatment is actually saving people. It's ridiculous. Okay, China is not the West. China is a communist government who's been lying to the public since the beginning of this problem. And so hoping you're going to get positive, you know, trial announcements out of China, I think was always a pipe dream. What we're waiting for is information out of the Japanese trial. I think that'll be real. And that's ongoing with mild cases. And we're waiting for an announcement before the end of the month. The management, the company Gilead said we will have preliminary results before the end of April for a trial going on here. And we keep getting anecdotal evidence that it works. So let's get back to our position in our portfolios. Um, We've already walled off our risk. We already bought in the low 60s. We sold stock in the upper 70s and in the 80s, if you did it right. For accounts that use options, we booked all of our profit, took some of that profit, bought options to, to create a position synthetically that was equal to or bigger than the shares we actually owned. And we're just letting it ride, and we're going to see what happens, right? If we lose all that money, we're still coming out ahead on Gilead. So right now, we're in a win-win situation. For accounts who don't own options, that's okay. We booked some profits higher. 
we have a smaller position on now, and we're going to see how it goes, right? Some of the profits we booked will cushion the fall if it doesn't work. So that's where we are in that position. Um, don't know how people are going to react to this news on Monday morning. They might sell off the stock because they've, they couldn't enroll people in Wuhan. I think if that happens, maybe a buying opportunity. For me, I'm not telling you to buy it. This is very risky. Okay, but for me, I've already got profits in this thing, so I might add to my options position. Okay, that's just me. Please don't run out and do that on your own. I don't know you. Okay, um, moving on. Let's hit um, let's hit the cannabis couch real quick before we get back to precious metals. I um, is it time to dip your toe in the water? Let's take a look at a chart pattern, the only pattern that I think matters. Oh, there it is. It's Newmont Mining again. I can't take it off the screen. Sorry. Okay. There's canopy growth. Honestly, guys, I don't, I don't think it's worthwhile talking about any other cannabis stock in Canada. If we can't make money on canopy growth, the biggest guy with the most amount of cash and, and, and the fortress of a balance sheet with a great new management team coming from Constellation Brands, then you're not going to make money anywhere, in my personal opinion. So this is the stock I follow. This is the stock I use to dip my toe in the water from time to time. All right. So officially my toe has been dipped right in here. Okay. I think it was right there on the eighth or it could have been this day on the seventh. Right. And my stop, honestly, guys, is going to be right in here. Okay. It takes out this low on the third. I'm gone. I'll wait for another setup down here at 10. Okay. Why am I doing this? Um, as long as we're getting a, um, a rolling, uh, um, it's not a buy signal, right? The, we, we follow the Magnificent Seven Indexes, the S&P, the Dow, the NASDAQ, small cap. Those are the top four big names. And then we follow Momentum Index, MTUM, the Value Index, VLUE and the IBD50, FFTY. Those seven drive our risk decisions. As long as some of those seven are in a buy position, I'm willing to put some money to work in my favorite names that I think don't suffer from COVID and I think actually come out of COVID much stronger. Okay, so on that list, which is at the top of my whiteboard, Armor Insiders, you can find the top of the whiteboard names when you go to the Armor whiteboard um, page at thearmorreport.com, armrreport.com, click on the whiteboard, you'll see the top of the whiteboard. Those names that I have on top are names that I believe whose businesses are not negatively affected by COVID and who, quite frankly, come out of this much stronger. So the, the, the number one cannabis name for that criteria has got to be Canopy, right? They're going to come out of this a lot stronger because a lot of other companies in the space are going to go bankrupt. All right, because there's a lot of demand right now for cannabis. And I think the, we're going to go from an oversupply of cannabis to an undersupply of cannabis when this is all over. All right. So I'll take my shot there. I'm going to see what happens. It's a tight stop. If the market implodes, they're going to take the stock down like everything else. But if we're kind of in this um, transition period in the market where we're going from a bear market to a bull market, there's going to be a transition period in between. We don't know how many months it's going to be, but the market will trade in this range and we should get 
outperformance on the names that benefit from the turmoil, that come out stronger. That's my philosophy there. Okay, those are the stocks I add to the portfolio. What kind of names? They're COVID treatment names, big biotechs, right? I haven't added all these names. I'm just giving you an idea of what might be on the whiteboard. It's, there's a couple cannabis names, okay? Um, precious metals, you're saying right now, yes, but that's a whole different animal. There's something completely different going on in precious metals. So put that aside now. I'm just talking about COVID, COVID-19 crash. If it's over and we go into a sideways pattern, we should start to see the best names outperform the market, which means their relative strengths will begin breaking out. And those are the stocks we want to focus on. COVID-19 treatment, they're working. Um, cannabis names, disruptive growth stocks, things like that. Okay, um, let's get back to gold and silver again before I move to Q&A. I just want to, I, I think it's very important you guys watch last Saturday's video, okay? I'm just going to recap it right now. I told you last Saturday, um, it's very possible that we're in the midst of a short squeeze in gold and silver. Quick recap. I said last week, if that's true, then Monday morning we're going to see gold open higher it's going to go higher all week. <clears throat> At some point, we get a force majeure, perhaps, which reprices everything a lot higher. Those of you who are in the Slack chat, I've been talking a lot or following me on Twitter. Okay? So insiders that are on Slack chat all, all week with me or guys on Twitter, you're following me at, at Brett Rosenthal. I'm talking a lot about the spread between spot gold and the June futures contract. Now, I want to just focus right now on why I'm doing that. So I told you last week we're in the process of a short squeeze. Right? We started buying these stocks three weeks ago. We started buying um, 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 the physical gold. What was it, three weeks ago? Let's take a look at the charts real quick. So, um, you know, Newmont was the first stock we were buying. That was the 23rd. Okay, and before that, right, we're buying Sprott Physical Gold, you know, right in, right in here, right in here as well. I think we were buying that right back here, okay, which is probably the, the 20th. All right, and so we're getting this run. We've been adding Sprott Physical Silver right down, right down in here. We didn't get the ultimate bottom. We were buying that in here, okay, and it's starting to go. So what I wanted to just remind you guys, why am I talking about the spread? It's a clear guide that we are in a short squeeze. Let me quickly um, remind you what's going on. Central banks in the last couple of years have been buying massive tonnage of gold and socking it away. These are the big picture ideas. I just tweeted a chart showing you how much, how many times it was 1,600 tons, something more than that, in the last couple of years. You have to understand, for a decade, central banks were selling all of their gold. I don't know if you guys have been following this story as long as I have. I was a co-manager on a precious metals hedge fund going back to 2006. Okay, so um, for a decade, central banks have been dumping their gold on the market, 
trying to suppress the price of gold as they print ridiculous amounts of fiat currency. Why do, we want, why do they want to suppress it? Because if the price of gold skyrockets, it suggests that there's a real breakdown in fiat currencies. Now, fast forward to recently. Central banks have been loading the coffers with physical gold. Um, there's a dispute on whether or not the dollar will remain the world's currency. China, Russia, Middle East, they're all thinking of creating a currency to trade their assets in other than the, the, the petrodollar. Okay. Um, these are just highlights, the big picture highlights. Last year, as I told you many times, gold became a tier one asset for banks to hold on their balance sheet to shore up their reserves. Up until last year, you were not allowed to own gold as a tier one asset. You could own it, but it wouldn't go towards the reserves. And banks have to carry a certain amount of reserves to be in compliance. And those reserves were only allowed to be in either cash or government bonds until last year. So now banks have been buying gold. Then we hit a financial crisis like we're in right now. The best asset on the balance sheet ends up being gold. If you reprice gold higher, it makes the balance sheets of corporate banks and government central banks look better. Governments, government balance sheets look better. It helps balance the books. Massive amount of government spending to get out of COVID. Well, let's have the gold on the balance sheet go up dramatically and balance it. So we've gone from a world where the majority of the world was a hater of metals to the majority of the world wants to see metal prices go higher. Then add to that, oh my goodness, we have a shortage of the metal because a decade-long bear market led to a dramatic collapse in exploration. It takes a lot of time and a lot of money to bring on a serious gold reserve. You can't just flip the switch. It's not like energy, but you can just start opening more wells. So when you go through this period where you stop exploring because the price was artificially suppressed and now the price is running, there's not supply coming online. Now add COVID on top of it. Mines are closing all over the world. Mints are closing down. And that brings us to this discussion about spot and June futures. I keep highlighting it because normally in a normal market, Here's the question. How do we know we're in a short squeeze? Here's the answer. In a normal market, spot and front month futures trade within a $2 range. Reason? Guys can buy in the spot market and expect to get delivery before the front month future demands they deliver. So they buy in spot, they sell the future, and then they deliver. <clears throat> that keeps the spread tight because it's arbitrage. It's riskless transaction. If you believe you can get the, the gold that you bought in the spot market, it's a riskless transaction. Okay, right now, as I'm talking to you, that spread is $70. A couple days ago, the spread was $38. So the spread rocketed into the weekend. $70 is insane. I don't even know if you can understand the, the, the amount of money you can make 
on what should be a, a riskless transaction where you buy in spot, get the gold, deliver in June. With a $70 spread, you could run a truck through that. I mean, you could make hundreds of thousands of dollars on what should be a riskless transaction. So why aren't people doing it? Because there's no supply and they don't believe that they're going to get the gold that they're buying in the spot market. It's not being delivered. So they're not willing to take the risk. All of a sudden, a riskless arbitrage becomes a risk. Because if you, sell, if you, if you buy a lot in spot and selling June futures, which is the front month, and you don't get delivery of your gold, you're going to be on the hook in June. So that's why we have to follow that real closely. Right? If that spread collapses, we're probably at the end of the short squeeze. If that spread keeps getting wider or trades in a range in the 30s to 70s, then we know we have a shortage problem, which is more and more bullish for us. Okay? So follow me on Twitter. I'll keep, uh, I'll keep you up to date on that situation. And before we um, get to Q&A, just for the fun of it, for those of you who don't know, I'm going to remind you, all right, there's Armor Report. We were buying this stock, Newmont, right there at that price. Okay, how about Nova Gold? Let's just look at the winners today. Let's just enjoy this. Buying Nova Gold right here. Everybody who's an Armor Insider knows this. You saw us add this to the portfolio at the price that, we're, that I'm showing right here. Okay, this is a classic setup that the Armor Report looks for constantly. We look for pullbacks to the 200-day moving average that set up a, tr a buy trigger, which I will discuss with you guys on a future Armor Education series. I'll go over what the trigger is. There's the result. Here's another name we added to the portfolio. Right? We just added it a couple days ago. Wheat and precious metals. 50% of this company is attached to the price of silver. So we're adding some silver names. Right? Ag Silver, a couple days ago, right? Blowing out, right? Owned some shares of KL. Wasn't easy, but we got it. Making some money in KL. Okay, so these are just some of the examples of companies we're talking about every day in the Armor Slack trading room for all Armor Insiders. These are the stocks we're talking about. These are the prices we're buying them at. All right, guys, let's get to the Q&A. I'm going to just scroll to the top and see what the thoughts are. Morning, Brett. Oh, wait, 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 wait. Before I get to this, I want to address one issue that some insiders are asking me about on the Slack chat during the week, okay? And that's position size. Because I was telling everybody as the market was going up, you know, our average portfolio, our average armor portfolio, my own capital, capital we invest for the, you know, um, for investors through the armor conservative, balanced, or aggressive portfolios, we're about 80% invested. That's in our aggressive portfolio. It'll be a little bit less for a conservative portfolio, okay? And balanced is somewhere in between. So let's say somewhere between 60 and 80% of our capital is committed. And if you're wondering what my personal capital looks like, the aggressive portfolio, the armor aggressive is pretty much my portfolio, okay? So I'm 80% long. Um, I don't tell you guys how much to put in each stock because I just don't know you. 
And even if you're an Armour Insider, you know, the only way for me to really guide you is to be an Armour Insider and call me up and ask me. Because I really have to get an understanding of who you are, what your goals are, what your capital that you're committed, what, what that capital is based on your entire net worth. I could start telling you how big a position size should be. I mean, if you want that granularity of information, you've got to be an Armour Insider and you've got to pick up the phone and call me and we have to have a chat. It's not something I could just talk about on YouTube. I can't add it into the Slack chat because everybody's different. Okay? So I'm sorry, I'm sorry, you know, um, if that's frustrating, but you have to just call me and it won't be frustrating because we'll go over it. We'll go over the steps that I go through every day for my own capital and then for every uh, account that I manage to figure out what's the right position size for each person, okay? Because I know a lot of you feel right now you're underinvested. When I told you guys I was 80% long, you were shocked, all right? Um, so you're thinking, well, if the armor report's red, how can you be 80%? If the, if the Risk monitors red. How can I be 80% long? Well, first of all, I have a serious commitment to precious metals. Okay. Probably makes up at least 50% of that 80%. Right. I got a significant investment there. That's got nothing to do with the armor risk monitor, right? The risk monitor is about the stock market, not gold stocks and not gold. Those stocks run on their own for different reasons. Okay. And then the rest of the portfolio I'm putting some money to work, really trying to find this bottom and see if this is the right opportunity. I added some names on Friday that are incredibly beat up, COVID-19 destroyed companies the minute I read the Fed was buying junk bonds. Let me give you one example. I think you got to consider AT&T at this point. Let's take a look at the chart. There's AT&T. Now, let me go over my thinking with you. First of all, we bought it back here last year in this green zone, made a lot of money, collected some nice dividends, cut the position out as it broke down and hit stops. <coughs> Excuse me. Now it's back down to the same price. So we have the right location where the stock should bottom. Okay, and we have the nice double bottom setup where I have a very clear stop understanding of where I've got to stop out this position. Okay, low of the day I bought it, which was yeah, uh, uh, Thursday, low of the move we bought, which actually is the same as, as the low of the structure. So right in here in the, you know, probably a, right down there, this low somewhere in the $27 range is where I'll get out. Okay, this is a perfect example. If you guys want to figure out where to go with money, if you think the turn is here, when the Fed said they're buying junk like Ford, okay, I immediately went to my whiteboard and I said, what names are there where the stocks are down big because they have a lot of debt on the balance sheet and Wall Street is afraid in this environment that that debt's going to sink them. The number one name on that list for me is AT&T. Huge amount of debt. They're paying off that debt, right? They're reducing debt. They have a fat dividend. I think it's 6.8% now, right? People think they're going to cut the dividend. 
So two things happened last week that were important for AT&T. Number one, they secured a $5 billion line of credit from their banks and said they're not cutting their dividend and they're going to be able to use that capital to get through the crisis and continue to build out their 5G. And number two, the Fed said they're going to buy junk bonds. And the Fed's already buying corporate IG. So I really have to believe at this moment that AT&T is going to be able to pay that dividend. And their business is not going under. And the debt that they have isn't going to implode because the Fed, if the Fed's buying Ford debt, you better believe they'll buy AT&T if they need to. So that's the number one name on my list there. It's my gift to you. Look at your own portfolio. Make your own decisions on that. Okay? I'm not telling you what to do. I don't know you and all those other things that I have to say every time we get on this show. Okay? Go to your whiteboard. Find names like that. All right. Anyway, let's get to the Q&A. Thanks for uh, bearing with me here. All right. Any thoughts? Uh, Tech Monkey, any thoughts on future stocks or telehealth, video, conferencing, et cetera, with doctors? It seems like I am increasingly being offered more video appointments and options. You know, I love, I love that idea. It's on my whiteboard. It's Teladoc, right? It's T-D-O-C, I think it is. T-D-O-C. Here's the chart. This is probably the number one way to play it, Teladoc Health. <clears throat> Honestly, guys, I'm trying to buy it on the 50-day moving average, which is the 131.91 area. So it's still a little bit uh, high for me. It's, it's sitting right on the 25-day moving average. Um, you know, that's a, that's a major move in the stock. Truth be told, I, I wish I was there already, and I kind of, I'm late. So I've got to find a way to work my, my way into that stock, and I don't know how I'm going to do it yet. But if I was going to do it, um, it's somewhere in here, somewhere between the 50 and the 25 day moving average on a trigger, or I could put money to work. And if it closes below the 50, I'm out. Okay. But I love that idea. All right. Uh, how are you, my friend? Uh, how about Twitter and Gilead? All right. So um, Mick Wasabi, how are you, my friend? And uh, I'm doing well. Thank you very much. Family's happy, although we're getting a little um, crazy with the quarantine, aren't we? I'm about to get in the car and just drive the kids around just to see something different. All right. Um, I'm actually going to try to find a beach down here in Florida that no one's patrolling. Shh, don't tell anybody. They won't let us on the beaches. But I have an idea of a beach that nobody knows about. I'm going to see if it's open. <laughs> just to run and jump in and then jump out and get back in the car. All right. Um, that's if my wife will let me. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Uh, Twitter. Um, God, I love Twitter as a company and as a tool. And I, I just haven't been able to figure out how to make money in this stock ever. I don't know why they can't be successful. It's really bizarre to me. So um, I've kind of given up on Twitter as an investment. And I can't, I just, I don't have anything to tell you on that right now. It's not on my list. It just don't seem to be run right. I don't know. Gilead, of course, I've already answered the question. All right. Um, Hi, Brett. Kronos has lots of cash. It's still on the whiteboard. You know, um, Southeastern 99, thank you for asking that question. It's still on the whiteboard, but it's a very demoted part of the whiteboard. Because I don't like the management team. I, I think they're incredibly amateurish at this point. And unless and until 
uh, Altria um, uh, moves the CEO out and puts in um, uh, a CEO that knows what they're doing, kind of like what Constellation Brands did with Canopy, um, I'm not that interested in buying it. But really, the last couple of conference calls and the fact that they had accounting issues, really, it should be off the whiteboard. But because of all that cash and because of the Altria connection, it's still on the whiteboard, but it's been dramatically demoted. All right. Um, this bear bounce seems overdone. Joseph G. Home. I don't disagree with you. It does seem overdone. And this is a real problem I've got. Like Dan Niles agrees with you, and he's brilliant, money manager, and he's adding shorts. Truth be told, guys, just between the two of us, I, um, I bought puts on the small cap index going into the weekend. Now, it's just a hedge for me. I'm long in other areas, and I just put that trade on. And I don't discuss this. Armor insiders, don't be upset with me. I don't tell you guys to run out and buy puts and hedge. It's a very, very personal thing. You don't have to do it. Um, obviously, I have more of a long position than most of you guys have on anyway. So if I didn't have as much as I have invested, I wouldn't put the, I wouldn't buy puts. Um, but because I have a lot of capital to work right now in a market that I don't believe in, I buy puts into a long weekend because who knows where we're going to go next. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to hedge off some of my risks. So G home, I don't disagree with you. Um, and Dan Niles certainly thinks that the earnings announcements the next couple of weeks are going to be so awful that the market will collapse. I have to weigh that with the fact that the fed's buying everything in sight with trillions of dollars. So uh, how can the market go a lot lower? If it does, we're in serious trouble. But let's don't go there. Let's don't go negative. Let's don't try to predict. Let's just do the coach always used to tell me, which is read and react, guys. Read and react. You know, I forgot to tell you this earlier, and I wish I brought it up, but rule number 20 on my list of the armor uh, investing rules of the road, and I'll have to go over this again on Monday with you when we talk about trailed stops. But I want to just mention it again. You can find all of the rules on the road at thearmorreport.com, A-R-M-R-Report.com, Armor Investing Rules of the Road. I'm building this list for my children. They're six and three years old, and I'm going to share all these you know, jewels of wisdom with you um, as I build the list over the next X amount of years. Rule number 20, don't fall victim to the common investor illness that is this. You get comfortable with losing money and you can't stand success. Think about that for a minute. Most investors lose money most of the time. So what happens is you put a position on, you start losing money and you get comfortable with it and you start to lie to yourself. I'm a long-term holder. I can wait for this. It's okay as the stock goes down and down and down. And you come up with all these reasons why it's a great investment as it goes lower and lower and lower. Okay. Then when you start making money, the first question is, when do I sell it? When do I sell it to book profit? Because you're so uncomfortable. You can't stand the success you're having. It's a very strange phenomenon. Don't fall victim to that illness. How do we avoid the first part? We cut our losses before we ever buy a stock. We know what the stop is. We have a principal protection stop 
before we ever buy it. And we say, this is how much we're willing to lose. And if it hits that price, we're gone. And we reassess. But the flip side is when you start to make money on the right investment, it can last for days, weeks, months, or years. And if you cut yourself out of your big successes, you will never be a successful investor. You have to find a way to get comfortable with success instead of being afraid of it. It's just food for thought. I fight it every day. It's not easy. Okay. Um, Mr. Wasabi. Oops. Where were we? Oh, yeah. You're talking about Gilead. 68% positive results. Yeah. That was good. CTSC went belly up. That's right. Southeast of 99. It's happening. Therefore, every guy that goes belly up and canopy remains standing, that's the stock to focus on. Do you think ACB is going to make it? I really, Tech Monkey, I really don't know. I really don't know. They don't have the cash right now, and I don't know where this is all going to be over. If COVID ends sooner rather than later, people get back to work, the capital market's open again, they're able to raise more debt or whatever, maybe they'll make it, but not a, comf- not a good enough balance sheet for me. All right. Thoughts on Wayfair again? Yeah. Okay. What's the Wayfair idea, right? The Wayfair idea is it's a COVID-19 play. People are working from home and they're buying furniture to set up their home offices. Is that the idea? <clears throat> That's just not sexy enough for me. I'm not saying you can't make money on it, but I, I, don't, I don't really like Wayfair. And so it's, I just don't, I don't buy that story. So it's not that you can't make money. You're asking my opinion, and it just doesn't make it to the whiteboard for me. All right, CGC, I already talked about that. Um, all right, so you Uguan stock? Uguan. Uguan stock. Um what do I like about this portfolio? APT, which makes the uh, masks, Myelin Labs, which is hydroxychloroquine, and uh, Teva Pharmaceutical. Um, my only stock that I like there is Teva. Myelin is involved in, in some type of a merger with uh, Upjohn's. Um, I have to revisit this. Did they just cancel that merger? I got to revisit that. The, the chart on Myelin certainly looks good. Okay. Um, here's the chart on Myelin. So it's trying to bottom. I, I've been avoiding the stock because I don't like a company that's involved in an, uh, in an acquisition uh, as it creates weird movement in their stock based on arbitrage. And so I've been focusing on Teva, right? Teva's making money for us. Um, I'm not an owner of APT at this point. I really, I'm really not. I just don't have any interest in a company that makes protective gear. Because that protective gear to me, um, feels like a fad that's not going to last very long. Um, what's the barrier to entry? Other companies can do it. <clears throat> so I'm sticking to the drug companies and the treatments. All right. What I love about your show. Hey, what do you love about my show? Thank you very much. Before fun times is that you explain and teach, not just pick. Well, thank you very much. That's what I'm trying to do here. Right? I'm just trying to put you on my shoulders and learn from my failures and successes and get better at what we do every day. So thanks for saying that. Um, Nick, any plan on launching a live streaming trading room? No, no. The best thing I can do for you guys there 
is, um, you know, is the Slack chat room, right, where I'm updating as I go in Slack. Um, thoughts on IIP? Okay. Wiggy asking me about the IIPR short report. I love it. Thank you for asking me this question. Okay. Let's take a look at IIPR. Okay. Um, I think it was uh, actually Thursday. The report came out. The stock is up at the close. Nobody really cares about it. Um, For those of you who don't know, this is one of my favorite investments for the U.S. cannabis business. They are a a real estate investment trust that buys property, the grow facility from uh, U.S. MSOs, which are the uh, cannabis multi-state operators, um, and then leases it back to the MSO. The purpose of this triple leaseback um, arrangement is to give the MSO a lot of cash in return uh, inter- um, IIPR gets the growth facility and then leases it back. So it unleashes cash for uh, MSOs who are trying to grow in this rapidly growing U.S. cannabis business and don't have access to cash. So it's a brilliant investment. Grizzly came out with a ridiculous short report. Uh, first of all, let me just tell you guys, I'm not long the stock right now. So this is uh, an unbiased opinion. I'm not talking my book. I don't own it. Okay, so um, this Grizzly report comes out. It it was laughable. I literally laughed when I read it. The um, the comment that the CEO of 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 Innovative, Alan Gold, is the same as Adam Newman from WeWork is so laughable that it makes the rest of the report pointless. Alan Gold has been in the REIT business for 30 years. He built a REIT business in the medical um, uh, world called Biomet REIT and then sold it to BlackRock. This guy's money in the REIT business. And you compare that to Adam Newman at WeWork? It's, It's embarrassing. It's literally embarrassing. I feel like whoever's writing for Grizzly maybe is a, a bunch of high school kids that are having fun. <laughs> it was ridiculous. So um, are there some properties that IIPR owns where the cannabis company uh, might go bankrupt and, and that's a problem for their cash flow? Certainly early on in the process, when they first started doing a triple leasebacks, they did it with smaller MSOs. There's one in California that's in receivership right now. But guess what? The creditors keep paying IIPR rent every month while they're in receivership. Why? Because if they don't, the license reverts to IIPR. They own the grow facility and the license. The creditors don't want the license to go to IIPR. So they keep paying IIPR while they work out an agreement. So would it affect the cash flow of IIPR for a time if some of these cannabis companies go bankrupt? It would. They would get all the licenses. And my guess is they would find other cannabis companies who want the growth facility to take on the license and the lease. There's always risks in everything. But you, when you write a report and you claim that the CEO of this company is the same as we work, 
It's just it makes the whole thing laughable. So that's my comment there. It's still on top of my whiteboard. I don't own it right now. I'm looking for a reason to get in. Okay, we got to get through this. We're almost uh, over an hour here chatting, but I'm enjoying it. If you guys want to stay, I'll keep talking. Um, J-U-N-G thoughts. I don't buy triple. I don't buy any type of triple asset when it comes to gold, silver, or anything else. I don't own the Drixion triple um, uh, um, triple products, whether they're short or long a group. Okay, I don't believe that the prices are real. I think that the futures and options they have to buy are, are constantly deteriorating and eroding as you hold the position. You want to day trade it, be my guest, but I don't hold that overnight. Brett, I know you like Teva. I do. I still like Teva. Let me tell you why. It's not just the chloroquinine play. This is a turnaround story that's working, and chloroquinine is just bringing institutions to Teva again. And as they as they do their work to research to see if they want to own it, I think they're discovering, hey, this is a real turnaround. I want to be here. So it's a good company, I think, no matter what. Nokia looks good. And okay, probably not a bad idea. Not, not my favorite, but certainly a 5G play. Thoughts on CCL? I, I'm, I'm not buying any of, the, uh, any of the cruise ships, guys. I won't do it. Thoughts on Snap? Try to rifle through some of this because we're getting a little bit late. Um, thoughts on Snap? Um, no particular thought there. Chart looks okay. I don't have any information that I can help you with there. San Diego's using patrol boats on the beach. Wow. I hope I don't run into that. Florida. <laughs> um, I-N-S-G, I-N-S-G. Let's take a look at that. Seago, looks like a pretty cool chart there. I'll take a look at that. I'll put it on my list. Maybe I can talk about it next week. I-N-S-G. Don't know enough to, to talk about it right now. Can you explain your moat theory? Not sure if this company has a moat. Um, my moat theory is that, um, let's take a look at... Um, um, an obvious moat. Um, how about Facebook? There's a simple example way back when. I mean, way back when. Facebook has a moat, right? Nobody does what Facebook does. So the stock comes public, drops 50%. People are afraid they can't make money off the business. But if you believed in Facebook and you understood there is no competition, it's Facebook or nothing, that's, a, that's like the perfect example of a moat. Now, there are other businesses that have moats that are harder to see, but are similar. Like I think uh, Viva Systems, V-E-E-V -E -E -V is the symbol. That's a moat business. They have a niche in the cloud. They work with drug companies setting up phase one, two, and three trials. Okay? And there's really, as far as I can tell, nobody in the business that even competes with them. There's a moat. One of my biggest successes over the years was Illumina, I-L-M-N. I was buying the stock when it was $3.50, and a decade later, it's $370, okay? The moat around their business. They were the first company to create a product that helped um, um, researchers and, and the medical community target genome to treat disease. Nobody else did it. That was a moat. I hope those are some examples you can, uh, 
you could take those thoughts and, and run with it. I'll take a look at INSG and see if they have a business there. Um, VTIQ, I, I can't answer anything about VTIQ and NKLA. I don't, I'm not aware of it. Um, hey, Chris, you're welcome. I appreciate you thanking me for all the winners since joining Armor Insider. Too bad you didn't join earlier. Um, if oil, uh, and uh, if it gets down to $15, the downside risk versus upside looks one-sided to you. It may be, and I might have to revisit, and I'll be honest with you, Chris, at the top of my list, if I start buying energy again, I, th I personally think the first thing I have to do is to buy the pipelines. So I'm looking and doing research right now, trying to figure out what pipelines I think are in the best position to continue paying their ridiculous dividends. Okay, so check the whiteboard. I know you're an Armour Insider, Chris. Check the whiteboard. I'll update that um, in the near future of, of pipeline stocks that I'm willing to buy. Amen. Politics for dummies. Do not get comfortable with losses. That's right. Um, how do you find? How do you feel about REITs? I'm not buying any other REITs right now. Um, uh, at the moment, I don't. I'm not 100% convinced. You have to go. Okay, the REIT question. You have to go step by step to see if the properties they own are actually paying. If COVID-19's problems end earlier, then the REITs become attractive because they'll be able to pay those dividends. But if you see fat dividends, it, it may be because you're not going to get paid and the street doesn't believe it. So it's a case-by-case -case basis on the REITs. Um, and, and I don't have any of them on my whiteboard right now. NYMT. I'm not buying any of those right now. I'm not buying mortgage REITs. You're probably right because the Fed's out there buying all these assets, so the bottom is in, but it's not my favorite way to go right now. Are you still a fan of uh, uh, MJ? I'd rather buy only my favorite cannabis companies because I think there's too many names in MJ that are going to go bankrupt. So I think we can outperform MJ by focusing on the right individual cannabis names. M-A-X-R. No, I don't have any thoughts there. M-A-X-R. Let's take a look. XR Tech. I'll take a look. The chart looks very compelling. M-A-X-R. I'll update you on that next week. That chart looks good to me. Um, R-E-M-L. I, I hear what you're saying, Nima. You're, you're asking me about a lot of these beat-up REITs. I'm just not going there right now. But I'm, let me do some work on it, okay? I'll do some I'll do some research on it. Tech Monkey, thanks for being here. I appreciate it. I'll see you next Saturday. Um, Chris, RAD chart. I like it, right? I like the new management team on Rite Aid, RAD. It's a turnaround story to me. I like the new management, and I think, obviously, that it's a COVID story in the sense that they're still doing a lot of business right through COVID, right? It's, 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 it's Rite Aid. Okay, so it's why it's on my list. I don't own it yet. The chart looks tasty here. Maybe I should uh, take another look. NYL. That Annalee? NYL. NYL. No? 
I'm not getting anything on MYL, Brandon. Give me another symbol. Oh, NLY. Am I doing it wrong? NLY. There you go. Annaly. Annaly Capital. Annaly Capital. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Brandon, Annaly Capital is, should be at the very top of our list if we're going to buy these type of names because it's the best-run company in the industry. I'm just not buying them right now. I see what the stocks are doing, and you guys might be right, but that's not where I'm putting money. Peter, hit the like button. Thank you very much, my friend. How do you feel about SKDI? All right, we're going to wrap up on this one, SKDI. No opinion there. Can't help you with that. Now, look, Nima, you're not wrong. You're not wrong. The Fed is buying all of these type of mortgage assets. So it's, it's probably something I should be focused on. Um, Annaly is probably the number one name in the space. It always has been. I'll do a little more research there. Yeah. Annaly is always my favorite. Whenever I've owned this space before, I go with Annaly. But I haven't done research on the space in a while. So let me go, let me go hit the books and get back to you guys. And um, Zenga, Z-N-G-A. Two company? Oh, oh, online gambling. <laughs> Thank you. Online gambling. Uh, see, that chart looks pretty good. All right. These are, you look, you guys are giving me some good ideas to do some homework on. Z-N-G-A. I'll take a look. Um, BX Blackstone Group yeah BX not a bad idea yep alright guys listen this has been lots of fun we're over our hour time limit I appreciate you spending with me tomorrow no Monday I'm going to do an armor education video series right and we're going to talk about trailed stops so we've already talked about the profit, I mean, the principal protection stop, which is the original stop losses we have. And now we're going to talk about how to manage success. Where do we put the trailed stops in? Do we sell at targets? What are those targets? I'm going to go over all of that on Monday at 4.30. I hope to see you guys there. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.